Now listen closely. They will attack your eyes till nothing remains but two bloody sockets. Ladies and gentlemen, my subject is disturbed tonight. Her world is disturbed. Now I saw those bodies and whoever mutilated them has a very special problem. There's nothing to be afraid of. Stay Scary Podcast. Let's start talking about whatever. Um, yeah, welcome to Stay Scary Podcast. My name is Lisa McColgan, and uh, I have wonderful guests with me. I have my friend Whitney Geddon Halligan and uh, her husband, Steve Halligan, comedian Steve Halligan. And we are going to be talking about addiction and alcoholism in horror films. And uh, I do have some research sources that I need to sh- give a shout out to. A lot of listicles and such on the internets, including the websites Camera Viscera, The Fix, and Dread Central. So um, I'm going to start with this quote that I found. Um, there's a great website. I'll plug other websites and podcasts as we go along, but this uh, is thefix.com. And it's an um, essay by Helena Hovitz. Um, so at this point in the essay, she's talking to a counselor specialing in alcohol and drug treatment. And he says, many people in recovery would drink to escape and do to boredom. Adrenaline is a great way to address both of these issues in a legal fashion. For many of my clients, this is their favorite time of the year, Halloween, because of the adrenaline opportunities this event provides, and they will visit the event multiple times during its course. He added, binging on candy has its own dangers. Whatever the brain finds pleasurable, it will seek out again. Since candy is so accessible, it is easy to substitute one chemical, in this case alcohol, for another like sugar. But when it comes to finding healthy alternatives, no one I've ever worked with was arrested for being too scared. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I feel like, you know, I'm in recovery. Um, you guys are in recovery. And I was into horror before my addiction got, you know, out of control and, and active. Um, but I just find that so interesting. And you know, I know you guys are into horror movies. And, and I just think it's great that you guys are here and... Uh, helping out talking about horror movies and talking about addiction in horror movies absolutely yeah it was a big part of how we sort of bonded to begin with that's right talking about horror movies and obviously we're both in recovery so we had a bunch of things in common right up front and i think it's really interesting that i actually my roots in horror and my love for horror come from my father Mm -hmm. who was also um Briefly in recovery, and yeah. then chose a different path. Uh-huh. Um, and he handed me a copy of uh, The Gunslinger when I was in the fifth grade. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we would spend uh, our weekends with him watching horror movies, a lot of the full moon productions like Puppet Master. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'd each get our own pint of Ben and Jerry's and then just sit down and binge on gore for nice. the entire weekend. <laughs> so my mom would get us back with, uh, you know, a head full of gore and over-sugared with a super sugar hungover hangover when we uh, sure. went back to her. Yeah, but, it's yeah. kind of same with my dad. <laughs> Took me to see... Um, Really, anything I wanted every Wednesday night, we could go see any movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Fangoria. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that was uh, that was my like first porn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. The um, 
the scene in RoboCop where mm-hmm. Peter Weller gets his hand blown off. Right. Like, I had the centerfold of that still shot. <laughs> That's awesome. And I would just stare at it and be, like, um, completely immersed mm-hmm. in, in not only, like, how gory it was, but the art, I guess, that sure. went into making that happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's been ingrained in us um, from an early age. Right, right. And, you know, it's just sort of interesting to me, the, the, um, the parallels. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, I've always been into horror movies. I may have, um, I've, you know, I've been sober a while. Uh, just hit my 17 year anniversary nice. and um, thank you um, but I feel like it, I, you know the horror thing has just gotten you know more prevalence you know I love to watch horror movies I mean honest to god like you know, I unwind by listening you know, either watching a horror movie or listening to like you know the worst possible like serial killer like podcast you know I'm a huge fan of the last podcast on the left and um, and Crime Junkie and, and all these others you know like that's how I relax and people don't really quite understand that and I, I'm like I don't know if that's just you know natural to me or natural to you know my, my factory settings as as, a, as an addict, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think it's natural to the human state, right? Where um, we're, for the most part, we're not under threat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel that we need to kind of play threat mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to keep sharp. Right. So horror is a way to access that where, you know, we know that we're safe. We know that we're not like being hunted for the most part. Right. Um, but I think it's biologically part of our identity to be scared mm-hmm. so that we can, I don't know, maybe know what to do when the real shit hits the fan. Right, right. right. Well, I honestly, it's interesting that you say that because anytime someone says that they don't like horror, they can't watch horror. Or I just immediately think, okay, well, we have nothing in common. <laughs> like, like, why? Why? I, <laughs> I have no idea what to talk to you about. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, just, I just feel like it's so fundamental for me. You know, mm-hmm, it's absolutely. Just, not only are you not going to get my references, but we are like starting off from a very different place psychologically. If you don't enjoy that kind of scare or enjoy that sort of exploration mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. the dark and creepy stuff that lives in your head. Right. You know, I just feel like that's such a big part of who I am. I am as a human being. Mm. Yeah, I was saying uh, when we were recording the Final Girl episode earlier today, um, you know, the, the real world is fucking scary enough right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I feel like a lot of horror movies um, are a way, it's, it's escapism. And for mm-hmm. me as an addict, it's it's getting my, you know, chemical commercial break without, you know, becoming an asshole. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of, I think, you know, vampire movies, I think, um, in particular, sort of explore, you know, the, the addiction, the addiction thing. I think there's, you know, it's a very obvious analogy, you know, the craving for blood and doing whatever you have to do to get it and planning your whole day or in the case of a vampire, planning your whole night around. <laughs> like, you know. Oh, yeah. I like the subtleties of analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it gets really like 
you know, obvious that this is a point we're trying to make. Mm-hmm. I like I like to be able to come to that conclusion myself. Right. You guys have seen Hereditary, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. That that also has you know, your Tony Collette is in is in meetings and and you know that it plays into to that whole thing. I mean, that movie. Uh, I'll be obvious. I'll be you know. Uh, not obvious, honest. I'll uh, ruthless honesty. That movie fucked me up so bad. <laughs> Hereditary fucked me up so bad. I had like, I had no, I, I did not see that ending coming. I did not see that without spoiling like anything. I did not see that ending coming. No, I didn't either. I, that's one I actually saw with Ben, um, Steve's son, mm-hmm. my stepson. And we watched it together because he had a show that night or something. And we both sort of just looked at each other at the end and we were like, and I'm trying to figure out like how the meeting, how like her addiction tied into that, you know, it was um, really subtle. It was subtle. And, and I think also, you know, I think I made a note about, um, you know, hereditary, you know, one of the sort of underlying themes of that is being sick as your secrets. Yes. There's so many secrets in that family, so um, you know, that just, ooh. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, that kind of hit me at a, at a really core yeah, that hits in like a deeper place yeah, than yeah. a lot of other types of horror I think can. I, I think that's part of why I like Stephen King so much because it's like a really nice balance or the adaptate, the movie adaptations of Stephen King's work is because right. there's always that balance of the sort of in your face gore, you know, creepiness mm-hmm. and that sort of satisfies one itch, but then it also like gets you in the stomach with all the psychological stuff. That's right. Going and, on. and Stephen King, this is thank you. Thank you for providing my segue because, uh, you know, <laughs> Stephen King is, is, a uh, recovering uh, recovering alcoholic and The Shining to me is like you know the perfect perfect movie and and book about alcoholism like mm-hmm. active alcoholism um, and particularly you know Lloyd the bartender Lloyd the bartender um, when I was uh, first getting sober I was it helped you know it helped me to um, think about the science of addiction and the science of um, what you call the lizard brain the yeah, so the lizard brain, and I, it's a quote from some website that I got. The lizard brain is an actual section of the brain stem, the amygdala. Amygdala. Amygdala, thank you. Mm-hmm. It's responsible for fear, rage, reproduction, emotions, emotional behavior, and motivation. It tells us to get safe, get comfortable, get pleasure over pain, and it is a very powerful force in our lives. So um, I kind of, you know, referred to that you know early on in sobriety that constant like gimme 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 I need this I need this I need this you know uh, lizard brain or LB and then ultimately that became Lloyd the bartender Lloyd the bartender as the uh, you know as the as the addict part of my brain and I think both in the movie and in the novel um, you know Lloyd definitely kind of serves as that as that thing like he's he's there he doesn't question you know why you're gonna drink you know he's just like absolutely go ahead Mm -hmm. good evening mr torrance you know Mm -hmm. have a drink and what i like about the way that he presents it versus um i'm gonna use the exorcist as an example um the exorcist in a sense you know you've got the sort of 
um, pure virgin girl. We were right? talking about that earlier today too. Yeah, it keeps who, coming up. Who gets um, you know corrupted, mm-hmm. and the only means to remove that corruption is tr- through traditional values mm-hmm. through the church, specifically right. the Catholic Church. And there's something about like it's fascinating, but it's also like reinforces that our society is the only thing that can save you. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Stephen King, he doesn't go there. There's, mm-hmm. there's no redemption for his character. No, he dies. Yeah, and um, I like that. Yeah, you know, I like the um, I like a, a good. Sad ending. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want a happy ending as much as I mean, I enjoy one. Yeah. But if it's done well. My favorite, favorite movie in that sense is Last House on the Left. Yeah. Yeah. Because there is no, like, there's no, there's no happy ending at no. all. Mm-mm. It's a brutal film and it's not about monsters. It's about real people, which are the scariest monsters. Yeah. Um, so that's why I like your shirt so much. <laughs> Last podcast on the left. Um, do you guys listen to it? Sometimes. Oh, I've been listening so to a lot of uh, Small Town Murder. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Small Town Murder is fantastic. That's Those two guys. They're pretty funny. Yeah, they're pretty funny. And that's, you know, that's what I like. You know, you're talking about scary stuff and you're talking about horrible things, but, you know, you have to laugh, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that's, that's the other thing about horror. When, when I, when I talk to people who are just like, oh no, I, I can't, I can't do that. I can't go there. And I'm just like, God almighty. I mean, like I will laugh my ass off like you know the gorier and more horrible it is like the more I laugh I really you know that's that's my fix now mm-hmm. you know like I really you know that's the hit you know yeah. and it doesn't you know it's not bad for me right you know that's a big part of why I love watching horror movies with him so much because it keeps me with Steve so much because it keeps me from getting a little bit too too deep into it because he will make a joke about anything yeah yeah go like, for it man nothing nothing <laughs> is off limits and sort of my the new thing I've been doing for about the last year is I try to mom the movie like, mom the movie yeah <laughs> explain like, <laughs> you know I really don't think she should be going up there by herself like why you know why is she going up the stairs while this person is chasing her you know it's a lot of that kind of thing <laughs> I know that voice too oh my god yeah. <laughs> I, you do that voice when you're <laughs> my mom is from what's, Wisconsin yeah so what's I, the, and what's the character that you do Aunt Darla Aunt Darla with the sweaters yeah yeah, yeah. well she's just got real traditional kind of you mom the movie Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to come over and watch something with us i want you to mom a movie in real time i would love that so hard but on the flip side i am probably the most critical person Mm -hmm. to watch a movie with because if they make any kind of mistake that i've decided is a mistake i'm checked out Uh yeah Uh, you know i'm like you guys blew it Um, is that how you felt about blood family no, well, because it didn't have, um, it blew it from the start for me. Yeah, yeah. For me. No, I get it. Um, it's, horror seems to be the only genre that keeps producing so much volume mm-hmm. with so little, like, actually good content. Impact, yeah. Um, so it is really difficult to sift through and find out, like, what's good. Right. Um, you know, even if it's the a certain production company, mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh, yeah, like, okay, here we go again. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But every once in a while, you get a gem. Oh, sure, sure. What was the one we watched um, recently that was 
That was a good find. I think, well, the ritual surprised us. Oh, the ritual was good. Yeah. yeah. I think that was kind of a random find. Um, but I know there was another one. Yeah, I'm constantly combing because we have Apple TV. So we're like, you know, between Hulu, Amazon Prime and Netflix, you know, I'm constantly like, you know, digging for something to watch. Um, I'll yeah. go to Reddit a lot and and get suggestions ask, yeah, there. Get suggestions that way. Mm, good to know. Um, and I'll look for specific, um, you know, if I want, like, if I want, um, oh, what's it called? Exploitation. Yep. Or um, revenge. Right. I love revenge movies. Mm-hmm. Um, or greed movies. Um, but, my, I, yeah, like I said, I think my favorite horror is the one that there's not a monster. There's just a man or a woman who's corrupt. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So you don't need the allegory. You don't need the... Um, the overtones or uh, of like the person's already an addict or whatever Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. it's obvious yeah it's like I was thinking also Hellraiser you know where, yeah we were yeah. talking about that yeah Hellraiser is, is definitely because he's you know the, the you know creepy uncle is uh, you know obviously you know addicted to experience addicted to pain ex- addicted to finding the you know the ultimate high which for him is you know <laughs> being torn to bits by the Cenobites yeah severe BDSM <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and, <laughs> But the Hellraiser movies are like, honestly, some I've actually got in my, uh, hang on. And you'll recognize this bag. This is my Dan Petchy horror. Is my, do you have yours too? Have too. <laughs> We're going to have to take a picture of that shit <laughs> and put it on the Facebook page. And by the way, there's a clip for our Facebook page. Stay scary, stay scary podcast. But, um, my husband got me my pinhead compact and oh, then it's beautiful. got the, it's got the lament, uh, configuration on the back. And I'm just like, let me just check my lipstick flick. <laughs> There's Pinhead. That's a good way to keep people from talking too much to you on the train. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. I got for my sure. horror is my bag and uh, and my Pinhead compact. Um, but that to me, like you know, that exploration of like you know the extreme experiences and how uh, normal human beings arrived at becoming Cenobites and then, you know, wanting to inflict pain on others. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like an interesting, an interesting thing, but you know, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm generally team Cenobite. <laughs> yeah. The chomper. Oh yeah. 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 I like chomper. <laughs> I have to say, I didn't see that movie up until like a year ago. Oh, the first Hellraiser? Yeah. Yeah. I had never watched it before and I was like, what? It's so fucking good. We saw it on um, they actually, um, the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston uh, showed it on there, the third, original 35 millimeter in, in their theater. And, and Kevin, my husband, and I went to see it. And I was just like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, we, we <laughs> saw uh, They Live. It might have been during the same Yeah, during series. October. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I think it was British horror movies. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, because I think, because, you know, the you know, Hellraiser is actually a British horror movie. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah I don't think saying. I did either. Yeah. Well done. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Because you think, you think of the Hammer films when you think, you know, English horror. Yeah. It's classic, you know, bright red blood, busty women, Christopher Lee. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I love that shit. I won't lie. I love that shit. Yeah, there's... um. 
There's that, and then there's the, the Italian stuff. We yep. watched the remake of Suspiria. Oh, cool. Um, which I think was quite a departure from the original. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, I didn't hate it. No, it was really good. It, it was, was sufficiently creepy. It was very good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we used to go. I, I remember seeing Last House on the Left in one of the Halloween. Um, um, that Coolidge Corner where they do the from midnight to 6 a.m. Yeah, yeah. thing. Um, and I'm probably going to go back to that movie a lot. Mm-hmm. But I've never seen, like, I've never had a film make me ill. Wow. And, yeah. and want to call my mom to see if, just to check in. <laughs> to see if she's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's a powerful movie like that. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't really think aside from like, like probably an ISIS video. That's the only other thing that's <sighs> giving me the same kind of like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I, Hereditary really did that to me. Mm. Hereditary really messed me up um, in, in a good way, you know, like, because then you're just sort of thinking about it and you want to keep going back to it and back to it because, you know, hi, my name is Lisa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like to watch things that are deeply disturbing. Right. <laughs> hi, Lisa. <laughs> yeah. So I actually, um, I have a terrible memory for like movie plots and specific points in movies. My memory for that stuff is just absolute crap. So I actually had Hereditary on this morning as we were like, oh, cool. <laughs> getting ready and I didn't finish it but that's uh, I kind of regret that decision because I feel like it set the tone for the rest of my day oh, in a no. super weird way <laughs> so see I'd be all like sweet like, like when I wake up having like a really like horrible like dim, like demonic possession dream and I wake up in the morning going alright yeah, yeah. start my day right yeah <laughs> well, I think that's part of the, the whole exchange right like mm-hmm. you immerse yourself in this experience and then you, you come out safe yeah every yeah. time yeah um, um, and even better, that's if, exactly it. If the movie was one that moved you so much, then you can stay in that kind of raw feeling for a little while, mm-hmm. and perhaps you get some growth from it or some gratitude. You sure. Know? Yeah. But I think I think the horror movies about addiction. I think it's safe to argue that they all are. Yeah. In one way. In or one another. way or the other, they all are. Absolutely. But the as an addict, I think I think everything you're saying spot on. It 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 hits a part of the brain that it, there is a reward. Yeah. You know there is a. Um, and if you don't laugh at ridiculous violence, then there's something <laughs> wrong with you. you know? <laughs> like one of my favorite. Um, Friday the 13th is, is part four yeah, because yeah. Crispin Glover's in it. Right. And, oh, God. you know, that scene where he's like, hey, Ted, where's the fancy corkscrew? <laughs> and then it just goes right through his hand. Yep. Like, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it is. It is. Oh, my God. Uh, well, I mean, he's, like, just super creepy anyway. Like, he's, like, perfect for... Yeah, he's, oh, he's amazing. He's amazing. God, what's the movie where? Uh, oh God, is it Wild at Heart? Where he he's yeah, putting the sandwiches the, the, and putting the putting the cockroaches on his taint or something like that? Or was it, what movie is it where he's like? I'm saying I gotta look this shit up. 
and <laughs> that wild, sounds familiar. Wild and Hard, I think he was Cousin Ned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he some, made sandwiches. Right. But I thought there, there's some sort of scene. And you know, get He's my, standing on the corner just sort of twitching as they're explaining yeah, what he that, would do. Yeah, that, that he's putting putting cockroaches on his taint or, or on his butthole. And now I've got to look this up like because that's what I do. I'm not connected to the internet. No, you might be right. Um, yeah. I, th- I want to say it's Wild really Heart. really hard to find, you know. Wild Heart? Yeah. It's not... Um, it's not on any of the streaming platforms. Hmm. I can't get it on Microsoft um, through the Xbox. It's not on Hulu. It's not on Amazon. Because um, I think that's probably... I've always thought that that's like... If you need an intro to David Lynch, start with that because it has right. the most linear of a story. Right. Um, but then it's got like these deeply disturbing what the fuck moments, like the car crash. Mm. And she's, you know, she's she's like, like you know, oh God, who is it? Um, she was in uh, uh, Twin Peaks, uh, Audrey in Twin Peaks, and I can't think of the actress's name now. But she's, you know, emerging from the wreck and she's just, you know, her you know, scalp is like moving, you know, and she's covered in blood and she's you know in shock and she's just like there's something sticky in my hair there's something sticky yeah. in my hair and like that's you know I went when I went to see when, when was that like 1990 1991 I think so and I'm not I'm not up and running here but um um that that's the scene like more than anything that like you know has stuck with me over the years just like that profoundly you know they're watching her die and she's in shock and it's you know it's just a, it's a weirdly it's it's really disturbing but it's like a weirdly beautiful scene and you know i you know i don't laugh at that but at the same time i'm getting i you know i got you know that hit yeah from of, that of, scene like, and gratitude empathy, empathy and gratitude yeah. yeah which is you know none of us are born naturally empathetic i mean you know we're born solipsistic you know feed me change me take care of me and you know empathy and everything else is learned and you know i think when i got sober that was something it surprised me that i had to learn that shit mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um and i think horror is a means to an end in that way yeah realizing that you are not in fact a center of the universe is a pretty big thing mm-hmm. to grasp when you're in early sobriety and how little control you know how little control you actually have mm-hmm. like that is one of the horrors of early sobriety for sure yeah and I think uh, we were talking when we were talking about the final girl in the other episode I think you know part of it you know learning and, and what uh, Steve was saying earlier like you know um, talking about you know what you come out of it like learning maybe what to do in a bad situation and you know you I was talking about uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and following Nancy and and you know when that movie came out I was in my early teens I think um 13 or 14, you know, right at that age where you're, you know, transforming and all kinds of fuck shit is happening to you. And <laughs> That's it's just like, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you, either, you either become a horse girl or you become a vampire girl. <laughs> Horses, oh God, Jesus, yeah. or gore. Yeah. You know? And, you know, I'm going to choose gore every time. Um, but I remember that movie, God Almighty, that movie, like, you know, when, when you know, the, you see the, the you know, the, you know, the 
slutty girl who, you know, the girl who has premarital sex, who's the, the girl who gets killed first and she's dragged across the hallway in the body bag, mm-hmm. you know, invisible in the body bag. But, you know, following, you know, Nancy, you know, and, and seeing sort of seeing myself in that character and like learning how to navigate something really insane, you know, and, you know, I feel like most of my sobriety has been learning how to navigate insane shit mm-hmm. and um, learning how to actually move through it rather than trying to circumnavigate stuff. And I think horror um, kind of forces you to be in the moment, you know, in a way that that a lot of other movies don't mm-hmm. provide for you, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what I... My takeaway on on the last girl, I think, is different because I'm a I'm a guy. Right. Um, I always thought or felt that the last that it was like badass mm-hmm. that it was women who were the ones taking down the bad guy. Right. I never thought about what the the whole virgin thing. I actually didn't think about that until uh, what was that movie that did the whole. Um, made it all about that uh, well there's a movie called The Final Girl um, but then there's also I think um, well The Screen Cabin in the Woods Cabin in the Woods yeah. definitely did that yeah so I always came away with a reverence for women through horror movies because they were the only ones that could confront get shit done yeah, yeah. and Nancy was amazing she set yeah. up booby traps oh yeah all throughout her house yeah that's pretty badass yeah yeah so you know that yeah I definitely you know as a as a, as a young teenager watching horror movies, um, you know, and then Kirsty and Hellraiser, sort of the same thing. You know, she's having to navigate all of this stuff. You know, so it, it all ties together for me, like the final girl trope. You know, addiction and alcoholism, and and you know, as as you said, you know, pretty much all horror is about addiction in some uh, in some way, um, or or at least you know the, the terror of early recovery, mm-hmm. you know, which is just yeah, fucking terrifying. I mean, or, you know, or the terror leading up to when you surrender. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Because I'm, you know, I wouldn't at, at the end of my drinking, I mean, I wasn't going to sleep. I was passing out and it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, falling asleep and waking up. It was passing out and coming to, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, you get like that, you know, the three o'clock, the three o'clock wake up, you know, and the howling horrors and everything that you've been trying to, you know, drown, you know, you know, and every cell in your body is screaming for alcohol. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Um, just that feeling, that sort of like desperate sinking feeling. And it's not altogether all that different from like how I feel when I see something like truly distressing or disturbing in a horror movie. It's like not a terribly different feeling, except it's not permanent. It's not permanent. Right. Yeah. It's not a constant. You know, you can turn it on. You can literally turn it on and turn it off when you're yeah. watching a movie like that. And yeah. And, and you can actually process your feelings. You know, you're like, all right, I'm, I'm watching this. I'm experiencing this and I don't have to anesthetize it. I'm just going to witness it. You know, I'm just going to be a witness to it. Yeah. Absolutely. But then there are some you just can't. Yeah. Like the movie Irreversible. You Mm -hmm. can't watch that. You need five cold showers after that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So there there are ones out there that are like the... 
the real hard drugs of, uh, yeah you know. like the saw and the hostile movies like i i can't with those like i i honestly can't with torture porn movies mm-hmm. I, you know that's that's sort of like my my limit like that's what i won't do mm-hmm. um you know my my preferred kind of movies tend to be around you know demonic possession and and zombie movies you know where you know yeah it, it's you, it's you have no control and you know what you, you, and what happens to you when you die you know you you know you have no no control over over anything um or you or you're trying to control it and yeah i mean d- demonic possession is is definitely you know about addiction but, you know mm-hmm. going back to lloyd the bartender mm-hmm. you know and going back to the demonic entity and especially in the novel and the novel the shining i think is interesting and i know stephen king hated the uh the film version and he did that that awful um television um uh, mini series of the shining because he wanted to do it his way and it was god it was awful and when it came out i was actually newly sober and and the kid playing danny was just like is daddy going to do the bad thing (laughs) (laughs) he sounded like trump Trump. is he going to do the bad thing daddy's doing the bad thing and so you know that that also became like you know kind of a joke with me i'm just like i want to go do the bad thing (laughs) um but in the novel i think it's it's really interesting at the very end of the book where you know i mean where where torrance is like pretty much like completely possessed by you know the hotel but there's a moment where you know he's he's like bashing himself in the face and, and with the with the um with the rope mallet you know it's not there's not an axe it's it's that mallet and um he's bashing himself and and becoming like almost unrecognizable but then there's this moment where he looks at Danny and he says Danny run away quick and remember how much I love you and it's just like this moment and um you know I I read The Shining as a kid but then I reread it when I was sober and and got you know so many you know I was just like oh my god you know like this is who he really is this is the core and the core of who you are but you know you become this completely different person when you're on your drug or of, of choice mm-hmm. and and that, that that was like such a moment for me reading that I was just like yeah but then but then it just takes him over again and he becomes he literally becomes unrecognizable he just takes the mallet and smashes his face apart right. so there's nothing left of him right that whole you lose your your will right you completely have turned your will over to this other thing I think it's a good metaphor for that. Yeah. I always go back to The Shining. Always, always, always go back to The Shining. We actually had, um, we took a wedding photo reminiscent of the photo from The Shining where it's in the ballroom at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see, I have that on my phone. That's my screensaver on the phone, the picture yeah, our, of uh, Jack Nicholson. Our wedding photo, we did We did that. Oh, my God, that's and We didn't tell anyone we were doing that. Uh, we just said, we had the photographer get on the stage and had everyone turn around and look at the stage. And we also, uh, one of the songs that we danced to was Midnight, the Stars, and You. Oh, I love that song. I yeah. have that I have that on my uh, on my iTunes, and I'll, you know, shuffle, and then that song will come out. And it's like, can you ever imagine a moment where that song wasn't fucking creepy? I can, <laughs> because I used to listen to a radio show that was a political radio show, and for some reason they used that as their, um, as their song. So 
I did not make the connection until later. So to me, that song was always part of this weird radio show I listened to. And then it came through The Shining. But my love came from The Shining. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that song. I love, I just yeah. I adore that song. I think it sets a tone when that's your first dance. Yeah. Well, you know, you know and I think, you know, that this is a marriage that is to be admired. <laughs> it was cool because not everyone knew. Like my, my dad didn't know. Like my dad knew that song as Al Boley. Yeah. But some of our friends might know that song from The Shining. The majority of people just think, oh, here's a cool 50s love song that yeah. they're dancing mm-hmm. to. These guys guys are cute. Go them. There's something slightly off with the audio, too. So it kept, yeah, like, it's like warbled. Yeah, it's like warbled. Yeah, the recording. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's so great. And and actually, they, every episode of uh, Last Podcast on the Left ends with that song. Um, yeah. So. I listened to their Skinwalker Ranch episode. Oh, and yeah. whoever is the third mic guy the is researcher. hilarious. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's the... Yeah, he's um, uh, uh, Henry Zabrowski. Maybe. He, yeah. he was doing the voice. The voices, like, yeah. He's yeah. a comedian and he's an actor. He's based in LA. Yeah, like he's he's fucking hilarious. Yeah, he's so funny. He's so funny. Yeah, the voices like he'll just like go off on these characters. It's such a great it's such a great combination of like you know the brainy researcher guy, you know the wise ass comedian, and then you know sort of the straight man. Yeah. But one of the things that um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to access horror or access that part of the brain that gets lit up. With um with horror and for me, um, Art Bell, the Art Bell show, mm-hmm. used to do that. Still does. We'll still listen to old episodes. Um, the Twilight Zone. Oh sure, yeah. Kind of lights up that part, but mm-hmm. as we're sort of talking through this, I I just remembered all the dumb shit that I did as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like um, like we'd throw rocks at cars and then go run and hide. Yeah, and. The reason we did that was just to get scared. Yeah, the high. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's, I never, I never made that connection. I just thought we were being idiots, and it was fun. Right. But really, the fun part was the part about being scared. Yeah, and is that you know again that comes back to you know is that part of your factory settings as as an addict? You know, like you're you're looking for that you know, charge, you know, and I certainly, you know, as a kid, you know, my parents were like ridiculously permissive when it came to what we were allowed to watch. And like, you know, we watched everything. I mean, I'm from, I'm from Boston and I'm of the age where I remember Creature Double Feature mm-hmm. on Channel 56. And yeah, that was my jam. I mean, like I wasn't going out to play on Saturday. I yeah. was watching, you know, Squirm. Creature Double Feature. Squirm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, squirm. That was a constant staple of creature double feature. Hey, creature double feature, and then oh god, I remember when Channel Fifty Six like it was the big deal. They were playing Creature from the Black Lagoon, but they were doing it in three D. So it was like a big deal. They were going to try to attempt three D on the TV, and they, you could go to like you know I don't know if it was like Cumberland Farms or Galahues, t- and you could pick up like your three D glasses, you know, and you know because it was like a promotion thing, and then you know, we tried to watch fucking creature from the black lagoon in 3d with like our cheap ass glasses on tv that was a big deal that was a big deal yeah i remember that uh, i don't know if it was that but i do remember 
um, like Star Market, you know, that's where you went to get the glasses and right. supposed to be a certain point at a, I don't remember what it was, but it really was just green and red tints all messed right, up. on the TV. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, oh, cool. Shitty broadcast. And you know, God bless Channel 56. Cause yeah. like, you know, like if, if you grew up around here, like, and like that's, you know, on my, on my Facebook profile, I have like an old like ad from Creature Double Feature, you know, as my, as my Facebook page profile host? picture. It wasn't Dana well, Hershey, was it? No, no, it was Dale Dorman. That's Dale right. Dorman would do the voiceover stuff because then you know the music is actually uh, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. The, okay. the theme is uh, is from uh, Emerson. And then Lake. Bach tried to re- revamp it a few years ago. Yeah, oh, God, yeah, Ernie Bach. Yeah, you know, like he did. I'm going to do it as long as I can play like you know the creepy host. I'm yeah. just like you're such. And a, my band has to play it. You're such a fucking dick. I just <laughs> like thanks for reviving Creature Double Feature for like one weekend, but you're still a fucking dick. <laughs> I'll say it. Come on I'll down. I'll say it. Come on down. I'm a dick. <laughs> the commercials for the auto mile. Yeah. It's just auto mile. <laughs> <laughs> auto mile. <laughs> was he doing like ASMR before that was a thing? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It wasn't him, uh, but it was just this commercial. It sounded like futuristic. Yeah. Auto mile. Auto mile. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy in and of itself. I actually bought my car at Automata. <laughs> <laughs> From Ernie Bach Jr. He's yeah. a massive fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> I know where I'm not getting any promotional help yeah, from. I was going to say, there goes this, your sponsorship. This, there goes my sponsorship from Ernie Bach Jr. Auto kilometer. <laughs> <laughs> I just did a specific <laughs> fucking asshole. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, that's I mean, that's how I was raised. I was ra- I I often joke like I swear to God, my mother only had kids so that she'd have somebody to bring to horror and science fiction movies with. Like she brought us to the first Star Trek convention in Boston whenever that was. I think it was like seventy four or seventy five, wow. and oh, I wow. like vaguely remember that she brought me and my brother and my sister, and I think my sister was maybe like two. That must be frightening if you have no idea, like, what what you're going to see and then you see all that oh yeah like yeah, and that, you know that that's just sort of form my, my, my mother used to sing um, that ballad about Anne Boleyn like she used to like sing that to me you know with her head tucked underneath her arm she walked the bloody tower you know <laughs> like, like that's that's how I was raised I was raised to be creepy and you know my sister you know and and you know following suit you know me and my sister would take her kids to the Walking Dead conventions the last few years. We would go to Walker Stalker Con and bring the kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Like, yes. Like, and just like pursue, continue the tradition of like having this incredibly creepy kids. I mean, yeah. I That was definitely true for me too. Like my dad absolutely like played up everything creepy about me. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. all through my childhood. Yeah. It was so true. And it doesn't make you popular in elementary school, but Mm-mm. it does make you a much more interesting adult. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Yeah, definitely. I remember being made fun of because, you know, we got, we for Mother's Day, we had to make like Mother's Day, that was like fifth or sixth grade, we were making cards for Mother's Day, and I put Frankenstein. I drew a little picture of Frankenstein holding like a bloody heart. 
Oh my god! <laughs> Happy Mother's Day! And she like, <laughs> loved it. I'm sure. And, and my mom thought it was great, but you know, like the, I went to Catholic school and the you know, <laughs> the teacher. Hello, Catholic school. And that's um, another. That's another episode that I want to do is like you know like Catholicism in horror movies and Catholicisms. You know, I think I think if you're raised Catholic with all these like bloody horrible statues like Saint Agatha, like you know, or whoever is it Lucy who had her eyeballs on the plate. You know, yeah, we <laughs> talk about. Like, you talk about torture porn. Yeah. And but you send kids to mass every Sunday where they're staring literally at a dude nailed to a cross. Right. Like it's hard not to grow up in that environment and not want to seek other nasty shit. Yeah. And it's just like you want to read something horrible, get you a copy of Lives of the Saints. I mean, every Catholic house had a copy of Lives. I've got my copy of Lives of the Saints. I mean, it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible shit. Yeah, um, that, they need to tone it the fuck down. (laughs) I would go to church and just stare. We had the most detailed crucifixion like statue. Yeah. There was the... If you go to the North End, they have some fucking crazy statues. You'll have the ribs exposed. Yeah, yeah. I've been to places that just have what looks like nail polish dripping down one spot. It's like, (laughs) fuck you. You're not for real. But we had this sort of modern church where the the crucifix hung right above the altar with um, aircraft cable so you couldn't really see um, how it was suspended and I would just fantasize about it breaking and smashing on the priest and all hell breaking like the Eucharist coming out of the fucking tabernacle and <laughs> like nothing's more horrifying nothing is more horrifying than Holy Week like turning Easter oh god <laughs> yeah, the like... Passover mass no we want Barabbas we <laughs> <laughs> the call and response. Yeah. Like, come on, give me some effort. <laughs> we want Barabbas. <laughs> Do you? You don't. You don't sound like you want fucking Barabbas. <laughs> we want Barabbas. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Holy Week is just like, it's so horrible and awful and grim. Well, there's there's a bit that I do about, um, you know, your clean time anniversary and how it's a lot like Easter. Like you wouldn't, like if you said, hey, Jesus, happy Easter, he'd be like, fuck you. (laughs) That was a shitty weekend. I don't want to, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to be reminded of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Go back in my cave. Thanks for bringing that up, Dick. <laughs> Here's my bottom. Yeah. I don't want to relive my bottom. Yeah. Everyone's right. cheering for you. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I don't want your fucking cave. Yeah. We want Barabbas. <laughs> that mass was no lie. Two hours long. Oh yeah, it was. It was so long. Fucking Palm Sunday, like Fist Sunday. <laughs> pain in the ass. That mass. <laughs> It had such potential. I mean, we could have been actors. You know, yeah. we could have got into it. Sure. You know, we could have been like, we want Barabbas. But it was like, we want Barabbas. <laughs> <laughs> we want the donuts. Hurry up. <laughs> we want the donuts and the orange drink at the end of the <laughs> Orange <laughs> drink. <laughs> going to wait in line talk to the pasta. I want to go talk to the pasta and then go down to the coffee shop in the basement of the school and get my orange drink. <laughs> Do you remember when they would play the... Um, 
the stupid tape recording of Cardinal Law. Yeah. It was like a special guest, like yeah. once a month or something. Or Umberto Medeiros, because I mean, I'm of the age where I remember when you know, it was you know, it was Medeiros and then it was Law. Oh, God, Law was a dick, too. Yeah. He was a dick. Yeah, it's the Catholic Church and Chris Brown have a lot in common. I don't know why they're still around. <laughs> you know. Oh God, yeah, but I mean, but you know, having grown up Catholic, I mean, like I, I, I you know, there's just a lot of it that's still really appealing to me, like both as a, as a horror movie person and as a theater person. Um, you know, because Mass is like hugely theatrical. It's very theatrical shit. Um, uh, there's just so many levels, so many levels. You know, did the Catholicism lead to the addiction, or did, <laughs> did, well, every time I would shoot up, I, I would read a letter from Paul to the Corinthians. So there could be a tie in there. <laughs> and the greatest of these is love for dope. Yeah, a letter from Luke to the Corinthians. Send more. <laughs> Jones it <and> over here. <laughs> Uh, I guess we can kind of wrap it up. So, Steve, you got anything going on you want to promote in the next few weeks or months? Yeah. Uh, my website is stevehalligan.com. Um, check it out. I do have dates. I'm at Giggles on, um, in Saugus on uh, August 23rd and 24th. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Anthony Cumia from um, Opie and Anthony. I'm doing his show oh, right in August. Awesome. So You got a um, lot of stuff. Cool. Not enough. It's never enough. Yeah, I know. Well, no, never. It never is. It's more. Really more. More. I'm going to go home and watch Hereditary again. I just, just want to get booked on the auto mile. <laughs> 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 Whitney, got anything you want to you want to pimp out? Uh, not really. All right. What? Come on, she's doing the big Fourth of July extravaganza where she's going to be selling her nails. Yeah, yeah, I do have a nail polish thing. But... Yeah, you get the nail polish thing. Yeah, she's my she's my nail. I'm, she's Are my... those hers that you wear? Oh yeah, oh yeah. She's she 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 hooks me up. Uh, yeah, I, um, these are just kind of standard. I should have like you know worn one of the Halloween sets, but I actually thought about that. I yeah, but. And kisses. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I'm going to take this off and put on the Fourth of July ones before I go. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, thank you guys so much for for thank doing you. this. This was super fun. Um, you know, like I said, I just uh, I feel like there's I just know so many people in recovery who you know um, have always related to horror movies, have always sought out that kind of um, fix, as it were. And you know, I also just want to sort of talk about my whole Lloyd the Bartender uh, theory. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I love Lloyd the Bartender. I love him and I hate him and it's it scares me and especially in the movie. I mean, he's just got that like smile. Like whoever that actor is, it's just like, it's so like, it's just like, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, you know, go ahead here. Yeah. Push the drink across, you know. You know, it's the, on the house. The personified co-signer. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of amazing. But uh, yeah, I mean, we have a little more time, but I think um, you know we can wrap it up. We're we're empty. 
for now. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Had a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was really nice to, to talk to you guys. And thank you so much for stepping up and doing this. And it was kind of a, a haul to get here. But uh, it was a six minute drive. Oh, for you? Okay. Yeah. yeah it was kind of a haul. Have mm. us back. We love it. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Because yeah. um, um, I want to do the one on uh, Catholicism. Um, there's why I'm doing this podcast. It's it's more it's 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 not so much about specific films. It's about, you know, the stuff that's going on in these films. Um, and that's what I that's what I aim to do. And I love having people like you on here. You both on here to, you know, explore that shit with me. Yeah. So well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's an honor. And, uh, yeah. So we'll wrap it up. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening and like us on Facebook. And uh, hopefully we'll be up and running on Podbean and you can subscribe and hit that subscribe button and keep us going and uh, stay scary.